Episode 30, January 2015. In this episode, Parker Moore talks about how it got into open source and what's great about it, if it's a model for other industries in the future, and he gives recommendations how to get started and avoid intimidation along the way. How did you get into open source? I really got started in open source when I uh, worked at, at Cornell's uh, communications department. It wasn't the department, the educational department, but sort of the um, college communications, the the press department, sort of, of, of the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at Cornell. I was, uh, I was working with them on revamping their website. It was very, very old, and they had brand new, new designs, and they were super excited about these new designs. And uh, we shipped a Jekyll version of it on August 1st, 2011 or something, and, or 2012, no, 2011. And it was fantastic, and I loved it, and we had so much fun. It was 2012, actually, now that I think about it. Anyway, I got into open source when we were using Jekyll, and I kept hacking Jekyll, and I said, this sucks, and then went to the issues and was like filing issues and talking about things, and, and the maintainers, Tom and, and uh, Crush and et cetera, weren't really as active as I had hoped. I was like, I could probably help with this. I understand what's going on because I'd read the source code a bajillion times and knew how the pipeline worked and knew most some of the code at least, not all of it, but some of it. Um, and I emailed Tom like three times and wrote an open letter on my blog and and eventually he responded and was like, let's talk. <laughs> this is crazy. So I sort of got really involved in open source after I when I took over Jekyll, really, when I, when I began working with Jekyll. Uh, what's great about working in open source? I love the idea that anyone can contribute at any time. For me, it's the fact that we can create something together, that it's not I create something and, and release it to the world, but that I create something and I publish the source code, and I make the source code available and, and easily accessible by anyone, at least within the GitHub community, or the Bitbucket community, or whatever uh, source code hosting you're using. And they have such easy access that it might take 15 minutes to provide an improvement and, and suggest that improvement to me to test it, et cetera, or to test it or provide the pr improvement, uh, send it back to the owner. Um, that sort of the, the barrier to entry of making fantastic collaborative works is so low that it's. Absolutely amazing. It's so amazing. <laughs> Do you think it's um, a kind of model how many industries in the future are going to be organized and how they function? That's, how, that's what I hope. The open source community is, is predicated upon the idea that you can work on whatever you want, whenever you want, and that the time constraints of work, that the constraints of the content of your work don't matter. Um, it's, in the business world, it's very different. I admire GitHub for what they do, but they have goals and they, you know, they have uh, they have focus as well. And it it's up to them to kind of create this open source like environment while still pushing forward their goals. And and I admire the fact that they've been able to do that to a large degree. The most companies can't. Most companies are hiring people maybe who aren't super excited about their their. Um, product or 
for whatever reason, what they would want to spend their time on and when they would want to spend their time is not the best collection of the human resources they have, they've hired, that they've, they've purchased, I guess, in some ways through a, a, an employment contract. So for them, working nine to six and having everyone in the office at once and having, having assignments is a much better use of, of their time because it allows, peop- allows product managers, for example, to roadmap and et cetera, et cetera. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's fantastic for ad hoc work. It's fantastic for I have a project and I'm interested in pushing that project forward, releasing the project and allowing anyone at all who uses it. Some guy in, in Saudi Arabia got a hold of Jekyll and was like, you know, this, this could be improved here and sends me a pull request. That's fantastic because I wouldn't never ever talk to them ever again. But for companies that have an exclusive hold on your work to some degree, an exclusive, you know, they're, they're asking for, for you to work privately. Um, I don't think that it will be as easy a transition into sort of an open source mindset. How would you recommend people get started working on open source projects? This is a great question and, and someone, something that, uh, that Adam from the changelog asked me before. Um, and, and my answer before was sort of weak and it, it, it's, it's obvious, right? It's like just go find a project you're passionate about and find an issue you're, you think you can tackle or you want to be able to tackle and tackle it. Um, that's sort of the, the easiest way to get started or the easiest way to, to get, a, get noticed by the maintainer uh, in general is to, to solve a problem, that, to solve a pre-existing bug. Um, how would you say people can avoid being intimidated getting started working open source? So, the, so for me, that's twofold. One is maintainers need to, need to be generous and need to, need to be better about saying, you came to me with a problem. It might be a problem with my software. I want to improve my software. That's why we're working on it here. And okay, I'll take it at face value and be nice to you. Sort of the, the idea that Matt's is nice, so we are nice, kind of, in the Ruby community. That's, that's one saying we have. So, so maintainers need to be nice. And that needs to be the idea, is that when you contribute to open source, you're going to get someone's going to respond to you that is, is not sort of a jackass. Um, so that's one side of it. The other side is to be, be fearless uh, to some degree and to say, I am good enough. The imposter syndrome is so prevalent amongst any, probably any young developer, most young developers. If you're just starting out in open source, and maybe you're maybe you're a very new you're very new to development. You're just not not sure about your abilities. You, being not sure about your abilities is natural. I, when, I, when I took over Jekyll, I knew maybe a third or a half at most of the code base. I hadn't even looked at some of the other code, but Tom trusted me to to that I could learn it. The the second piece is to be fearless. The second piece is to say I am I can do this. I will do it. And no matter what they say, I will, I'm proud of my work here. Um, I don't know. And, and to start off small, right? My first pull request was like four lines of code. It was something that was so simple that I did like in, in tw- you know, 30 minutes or something. I had to figure out where everything plugged in. But I knew what I wanted to do and had never programmed in Objective-C. And so it took a little bit longer. But the idea was, here's a small problem that I want to tackle. 
I know it's, I know it's small and I'm going to tackle it and, and, and succeed. And it took me a while, of course, 30 minutes for four lines of code is, you have to be typing very slowly. But, uh, the idea was, I had no idea how he was going to respond. I hoped that he was going to respond nicely. And that was sort of my expectation. And from there I said, I'm going to tackle a small problem and start there. I don't know. That's a very long answer to your question, but the, the basic premise is, the, the twofold answer to that question is, we have to understand that, and maintainers have to be nice. We have to be accepting, hey, someone wants to spend their time on your project. How great is that? That's great. That's fantastic. The other side of it is, be fearless and start small. 